There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new Igo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technology. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com. Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Okay, so that's the end of the SPFL season. St. Johnston last night claimed the 12th and final place in the Premiership for next season. There's a bit of managerial musical chairs going on at the moment and there's going to be lots of action in the player transfer market as well in the next couple of months. Rangers got their hands on the Scottish Cup on Saturday after the Europa League final. Celtic won the title and the League Cup. So, John Hartson, who had the better season, Celtic or Rangers? Well, I think if you're, a, I think both clubs had very good seasons. I've got to say that. Um, I think if you're a Celtic fan, I think you, you will edge towards Celtic on the back of how well they did to, uh, to, to uh, claw the title back out of, of Rangers' hands, having... Having uh, put up a feeble effort last season to think that the turnaround and Celtic had to rebuild a whole a whole uh, a whole team basically from goalkeeper to centre forward, recruitment excellent, Ange Postecoglou brilliant, winning the winning the League Cup within six months of being at the club, great great achievement. Rangers winning the Scottish Cup, beating Celtic in the semi final convincingly I thought, and then uh, getting to the final of the Europa League was a was a fantastic achievement from them, you know. If maybe they'd won it, then you could have almost said maybe you'd have to sway towards Rangers for winning a European trophy and the Scottish Cup. But now I think they were, they, um, they they didn't win it. Um, but again, I, I you know Mark, uh, you know what it's like, Rob. I can't win whatever I say. Um, <laughs> you know it, it's going to be difficult. So obviously, I think both clubs had very very good seasons, and it's been a great season for Scottish football. You're always a winner with us, matey. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but, I'd like to see you come up with an answer one day with a turkey. Co- what the best season for you? It's a bit early to turn on me in the. <laughs> no, we're not turning to on you. Come no, on, no, you know, no. I'm not on the fence. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Um, come on. Then. But no, I, I just think it's a it's a really good argument. I think if had Rangers won the European final, I don't think well, there was what, an that's, argument. That's what I just said. I know. But I have your own opinion. Well, like, no, well can I, can, <laughs> I, do, I have to, do I have to be different even though I don't believe it? Well, tell us who you think had the better season. Let's go outside and sort this out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's only one winner on that one. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, I'll, reth- I'll, repl- I'll rethink that one. But, but, it, no, it, but it, is, it is a good argument, I think, because reaching a European final is special enough. I know it was a painful way to lose it. You win the Scottish Cup versus the title for Celtic which was a remarkable title win because nobody expected it a year ago, um, and the League Cup. So, Mark, you know, who's who's had the better season? I mean, it's a great debate, isn't it? Listen, well, one thing, it's not factual. It's it's an opinion. So, this time last year, had you said to Ange Postacoglu, who's just walking in the door, you'll win the League and you'll win the League Cup. I'll take that all day long. If you ask any Celtic supporter last June, 
you'll win the league, you'll win the League Cup. All day long, without a shadow of a doubt. Had you said to Stephen Gerrard last summer, and then obviously Giovanni Van Bronckhurst at the end of November, you'll reach the Europa League final. You'll beat Borussia Dortmund, you'll beat Leipzig, you'll have the, the highs of all of that. You'll beat Celtic to get the Scottish Cup final, and you'll win the Scottish Cup for the first time since 2009. 13 years. First domestic cup in more than a decade. All day long, I think they've taken that um, as well. So it's one of the ones, Rob, it's, it's great for this city that actually it's one of the very few occasions where both sets of fans, I think, as, you st- as we mm. sit here just now, both sets of fans are more than happy with what the football club has given them this season and that's great for Scottish football and it's great great for this part of the world. I think as well, Rob and Mark, I think if you're a Rangers fan, I think you'll be you'll be very excited because now you've got a team under Giovanni von Bronckhurst that Steven Gerrard, you know, helped build and helped Rangers to win the league and stop the 10 in a row. But now you feel Giovanni von Bronckhurst has just took you um, to the Europa League final. He's won the Scottish Cup and you're competitive again now. You know, you're a, you're a team again now. Rangers look like a team, a, a real good team. And it's exciting for Scottish football because you know that Celtic will will add to what they've got. They'll add quality. Rangers, no doubt, will add as well. There'll be some going out to the door. There'll be some coming in. But from a Rangers point of view, Celtic have, have been so dominant over the last seven, eight years, you know, and winning and winning quadruple trebles. And now... You look at Rangers now, they're competitive. They're a proper team. They beat some other proper teams in the you know, the likes of Dortmund and Red Star Belgrade and Leipzig. You know, these are really good European teams. So now you'd feel as a Rangers fan, you'd feel you're some way you're competitive again. You know, and you can win again now because for previously, the previous seven, eight years, it was all Celtic. They were totally running the show. Mm. But now, it's Rangers now, we could maybe say they might even start favourites to win the league again next year. You know, but the good thing is we, we've got a real, sort of, we've got two good teams, you know, coming up against each other now in Scottish football. Are we okay? You and I okay? We're absolutely fine, mate. Yeah, no, you, no you come out swinging at the start not of the show. Not at all, not at all. I'm, I'm happy to give you an opinion any old time, whether yeah. it's the right one or not, or whether you agree with it or not is another matter. No, well, but, my, my but, point was, it, it's, it's sometimes it's difficult when you're on the radio because Rangers fans will automatically say that Rangers had the best season. Celtic fans will say they had the best season. That that's mm. how that this game is, you know. Yeah, and but sometimes they'll say that with no great basis in fact, and I, and I know th- there is no fact about it. There's no factual. It's it's a matter of opinion. Mm. But actually, it is. It, you know, and we've spoken about it for months. It's one of those rare seasons yeah. where both sets of fans have got every reason to be happy yes. and excited about what comes next. Yeah, I mean, I think at the start of every season, um, when it's Celtic and Rangers, whoever the the manager uh, is at that particular club, the captain, your supporters, their priority is win the league that's a priority that's a number one aim when the season kicks off at the end of July so from that point of view that was mission accomplished for Celtic they won the league added to that again you're talking about who had the best season the style of football that Ange Postecoglou the three or four of the signings that he brought in that, let's be honest none of us had really ever heard of and the way he managed to gel them together quickly you then take the, you, you go across the city and you look at Giovanni Van Bronckhurst who inherited a team on a Monday morning that lost the League Cup semi-final to Hibs yeah. uh, 24 hours earlier um, and to kick on and 
I think John mentioned it earlier the key one for Giovanni Van Bronckhorst was beating Celtic the Scottish Cup semi-final had he lost that day he might have struggled to keep, to, to keep his job he might have struggled because the, the, the Rangers fans there was an element or there was a section that were not having him he's turned it round and thankfully he has it's where Celtic have come from in terms of at the start of the season looking for a manager you know, the players that they lost, um, 25 points, having won nine titles in a row. Rangers bounce back and win it by 25 points. Um, and there's almost been like a 30-point turnaround. And I think the league is, yes, it's massive to win. And I think we're all in agreement, and Celtic fans can call in, that if Rangers had won the Europa League, mm. if they had that little bit of luck, because when it goes to penalties, it is a bit of a lottery. The keeper goes the right way, you can hit a really good penalty. Keeper guesses the right way and mm. saves it. It's, it's nerve and technique as it's well, though, nerve. isn't it? Yes, it is. I thought Frankfurt's penalties, some of the penalties Rangers players took, Arfield took a go and Stephen Davis as well, stepped up. Aaron Ramsey stepped up. There was other players, you know, that could have that could have took a penalty, but he showed, you know, he, he showed that he's got cojones. He wanted to take one, he wanted to come on the pitch you know, late in the game to take a penalty. He put his hand up. Mm. No one's saying fair play and giving him credit for doing... There was other players that could have took one. You know, there was another eight yeah. or nine players in that squad that could have said, I'll take one. No, Aaron went, let me do it. I'll take it. Unfortunately for him and Rangers, he missed. But I think we're all in agreement. If Rangers had brought a European trophy home, then it's a different question. You could almost say then that Rangers had the better season because... A European trophy is is a magnificent feat. Unfortunately, they never brought it home, and now this brings in the more debate, if you like, on who had the better season. You brought up your fellow countryman there, Aaron Ramsey. How's it been for him? Why has it been this way? Is it is it has he been just carrying an injury and a lack of fitness, and one thing has led to another because it just hasn't played out the way we thought it was going to play um, out. No, um, and I, I wasn't particularly surprised because. He hadn't played a lot of football, you know, come making the move to, to Rangers. I think everybody thought, myself, that he'd make a bigger impact than what he had because of his previous, because of his FA Cup final goals at Arsenal and some of the things that he'd done for the national team, Wales. But he clearly wasn't ready in terms of his fitness. He wasn't up to speed. When he did play, I thought he did OK. He got the goal at uh, Ibrox, didn't he, in the, in the 2-1 defeat. Mm -hmm. Um, he scored another goal, I think it was at Dundee. <clears throat> um, he got a little run of games and then he got injured, didn't he? He got injured in the Scottish Cup semi-final, which kept him out again. So I would say it's probably more frustrating, you know, and topped off with that penalty miss as well uh, in, in the final. But um, no, I, I think he'd have enjoyed his experience, you know, getting to the final and, and obviously winning the Scottish Cup. Mm -hmm. Um but overall, I would say, if I had to say one word, I'd probably say he never really never really got going. No. Never really got any momentum in terms of didn't play enough games, wasn't at the club long enough, really. It was a short time, mm. you know, to accept to to think that he would make a big impact as as special a player that he is, or he was, mm. should I say. Um but again, that's what I would say. Probably we were very excited when he when he signed, weren't we? We, we? It was a massive story at the time. Lots of Rangers fans were were saying this is this is the biggest since Paul Gascoigne. You know, they were they were really excited about what might happen, and it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened, and he's no Gascoigne. Okay, he's no Gascoigne at his best. He's no Loudrup at his best. I'm a huge fan of Aaron Ramsey, and he's a fantastic player. 
Um, some of his performances over the years have been great at Arsenal, but he is not a Paul Gascoigne. Yeah. Come on, Paul Gascoigne is one of the greatest. No, but I'm, what football. I'm saying is, some Rangers fans uh, were putting putting uh, yeah. it up there Absolutely. at that sort of level yeah, in yeah. terms of an exciting sign. You know, it's like signing a, another fantastic centre forward and saying, look, you know, he, he's as good as Larson. No way. No. You know, you can't Kyogo. You know, Kyogo has to stay for the next seven or eight years and score three, you know, 250 goals to, mm. to be the next last. I think people tend to link players and they yeah. say things for the sake of saying things. But when, when, you, when, you, you know, when, you, when you look at it from a, from a wider perspective, um, Aaron Ramsey was brought in because he wanted to get games under his belt. Probably for me, uh, Rangers thought they were going to get the best out of him. Unfortunately for them, <clears throat> they never. Juventus were more than happy to go and get him games because then he's in the spotlight as well. He's in the spotlight for other teams to have a look at what he's done and they may come and get him from Juventus. That's his little flirtation with Scottish football over, you would imagine, Aaron yeah. Ramsey, as long as he leaves us alone in Cardiff if we get to the World Cup playoff final, Mark, because uh, he could still have something to say, couldn't he, in a, in a Welsh shirt? Oh, yeah, I mean, he... he, he um... He excels when he plays for the national team. You know him and Bale together are, are, are pretty special, um, and there's no doubt that he, the pair of them, have it in the locker to go and um, destroy Scotland. Let's be honest. But um, first of all, Scotland need to get past Ukraine, and um, for me, the, the the Ukraine game is the most difficult of the two. Um, you know, if, if Scotland mm. beat Ukraine, um, then I would fancy Scotland to beat to beat Wales. I'm not saying it's going to be straightforward, but I would I would. I would have a good feeling about Scotland going to going to Cardiff, but um, first things first, Ukraine are going to be formidable opponents. And this know, was Stevie Clark, formidable. yeah, when he, when he named the squad yesterday, uh, talking about the opposition um, and about Scotland's positioning uh, against a team that everybody has got so much sympathy towards, of course. Not sure it'll be the first time I've been the bad guys, but it's it's not so much about being the bad guys. Listen, we've we all understand and respect the the position of the Ukrainian team. Fortunately for them, it's, it's they've managed to get out of the country, they've managed to get the players into a training camp, they've been playing matches. They'll be ready for the game. The most important thing for me as the the Scotland head coach is that I have to make sure that we're ready for the game and we'll be ready. So both teams both teams ready to go on the first of June. It's incredible, um, you know, Stevie Clark's still talking about the 1st of June. It's a week tomorrow, suddenly uh, it's almost here and that's going to, John, be a massive night just along the road from here at Hamden. Well, it is, and I was thinking that my same, Rob. Uh, the same, Rob, to be fair, I woke up this morning and thought, it's, it's on us, it's almost on yeah. us because there's been so many big games. The Scottish Cup, the Europa League final, Celtic's finished to the season. Uh, finally, obviously, you know, uh, winning the last game, beating Motherwell 6-0. Been so much happening in a short space of time. But now it's on to the, it's on to the international sort of stage. Um, you know, Scotland have a massive game, massive game against the Ukraine. Um, you know that the Ukraine are going to get so much support. Mm. They are going to get so much support. But of course, Scotland are at home. They love the, they love Hampden Park full. Um, and again, then whoever wins that game will 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 come to Cardiff on the fifth. Play your mob. Yeah. Wales play Poland away on the first, the same night mm -hmm. as uh, in the Nations League. So Poland are a decent team. So Wales won one again. Mm. You know, a beat there in terms of taking form and momentum into the into the fifth. Um, but no, I'm making a fifty-fifty game. I do. I think Scotland are really, really much improved. 
under under Steve Clark. I think he's done a great job with them. They've got some outstanding players of just the likes of Gilmore, McGinn, McGregor, Robertson. Okay, there's no Tini. Um, you know, you've got you know, got the choice of goalkeepers, you know, Craig Gordon, David Marshall's back in the in the squad, he's joining mm. Hibbs in the summer. Mm. You know, um so I really do Jay Adams, that Southampton Premier League striker. So I, I do make it. I, I think you are much improved. And Wales are very reliant. You saw the way that we beat Austria. 2-0, Gareth Bale. Two unbelievable goals mm. that nobody else could score. Yeah. That's know, what, it's that, what Mark's talking it, about. You know, they have that, that, it's that sort of talent that can actually destroy you in a game of this magnitude. Oh, yeah. you know, yeah. but, you, but you look at the Scotland squad, no Kieran Tierney, and yeah, we're going to miss him because arguably he's the best player on the team. Yeah. Um, but there's there's loads more besides. And, and I think that word he said there, Scotland's a team. That's what they've become under under Steve Cut. They don't have a player with the individual brilliance. Yeah, a world class of Gareth Bale and, and John Wright. You think of the two goals that he got against Austria. I mean, out, out of this world. So Scotland will, will need a, a collective, you know, need McGregor, McGinn, McTominay, Shea Adams, Lyndon Dykes. They'll need them all to be bang on it. Craig Gordon in goals at some point is going to have to pull off a save or two to keep us in the game, to keep us ahead or to stop us from going further back, whatever it's going to be. Um, and then in front of him, um, you know, Andy Robertson, Grant Hantley, you know, whoever it's going to be, Scott McTominay at the back, Liam Cooper, um, he'll be on a high after helping Leeds United mm. um, stay up. So there's plenty of, uh, of options there. But first things first, without getting carried away, Ukraine's going to be very, very difficult up with 50,000 um, at Hamden then you, you would fancy Scotland to have the, the slight edge but bear in mind Ukraine before the difficult before the war um, played France twice didn't lose to didn't lose to France so they've got a bit about them I think as well Mark that, that'll probably be one of Steve Clark's biggest concerns can I get the players at it on the first against Ukraine mentally of course the lads are professional they're going to give everything but they cannot, they cannot veer away from the Ukraine. They cannot think of the, the playoff final no. against Wales four days later. They have a job to do. Different for Wales, they go to Poland. Irrespective, really, if they win, lose or draw. Yes, yes. a Nations League game. But Steve Clark has to make sure that the players are completely focused on beating the Ukraine. You know, I know it's horrific what's going on in the Ukraine and everything else. But the players have to take them themselves aside and and be a team, as you said, and make sure they get through that game. Not think about yeah. the final against Wales. That's that's the biggest mm. worry, I think, for Steve Clark. And I think it's a tough enough game, isn't it? And they are tough enough opposition as well. Ukraine, lots of talented players there that uh, Scotland can't afford to be taking their eyes off that one. It is a week and a night away. I uh, can't wait for that one. Full house, Hamden, Scotland, Ukraine. And then, if we get through that one, it's Cardiff and Wales. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! go.
Off and running on Tuesday's Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Rob McLean, John Hartson, Mark Guidi in the studio. And uh, feel free to join us and get involved in the football conversation. 0808 17 17 700. Uh, who had the better season, Rangers or Celtic? Or is it just one of those ones where you agree to disagree? And you maybe say, well, both actually have had brilliant seasons. Rangers in a European final and the Scottish Cup on Saturday. Rangers uh, Celtic had already got the league tucked away and earlier in the season, the League Cup as well. And uh, we tr- we treat that as normal now when you think back to the start of the season and Celtic were in a bit of a mess at that stage. What a job Ange Postacoglu has done and continues to do by the sounds of it because we're now into that uh, summer of hectic transfer activity um, and the news coming out of Celtic at the moment um, is suggesting that Cameron Carter-Vickers uh, could well be a permanent uh, transfer. Uh, the word is that personal terms have been agreed. Nothing officially from Celtic at this stage. We understand the fee is about £6 million with some add-ons. Uh, the, the word on Jota has been really encouraging, John, in the last few weeks yep. as well, mm. that that deal can be done. Uh, Maida, the, the Japanese striker, uh, that was a loan as well, which I'd actually forgotten all about, but that is going to be or has been converted into a permanent deal. So that all sounds really positive. It does. It does, certainly does. I think Maeda, Jota and uh, Cameron Carter-Vickers have, have all played pivotal roles in the season. They've been big players. Um, they played most of the games, you know, the lion's share of the games. Cameron Carter-Vickers was a lot of people's um, fans as well, played of the year. Mm-hmm. I, know, um, I know Callum McGregor nicked it in the end. Um, another fine season, Callum McGregor taking the armband as well, leading the t- the side. Um, but again, yeah, very positive. I, I think it was all about um, getting reasonable deals for them in terms of not being priced out of the market. Spurs not coming back with a ridiculous fee. Where Celtic almost go, look, we, we can go so far, but we're not going to be held to ransom type of thing. Um, Jota, brilliant for him because... We don't know the deal, but it'd be fantastic if he was to sign yeah. young. He will play for Portugal in the future. There's no doubt about that. What what a talent. And Maeda, you know, what what a bonus Maeda was on mm. that right-hand side. His pace, his energy levels. Oh. So three players there um, that Celtic needed to tie down. And if they could tie all three down um, before Ange starts bringing in, starts looking at the recruitment, you know, uh, over the summer months, Three players, pivotal, and uh, to get them all done mm. um, would be brilliant for Celtic from a football club. It would be lovely to know the, the detail, just from a nosy point of view, it would be lovely to know the detail of these loan arrangements and, and, and what the small print says. Uh, it does sound from the Car- Cameron Carter-Vickers deal as if Celtic have first dibs on this and as long, within maybe three weeks, by the middle of June, then other clubs can get involved. But right at the moment, it's in Celtic's hands to make it permanent. Yeah, it appears to be, Robin, you know, if we say that Carter-Vickers and Jota are available, you know, between them, joint fees, 14, 15 million pounds. That's exceptional business yeah. to pick up the two of them. Mm. You think about it, you know, six, seven million, seven and a half million quid each. Because this time next year, you'll more than double your money on the pair of them. Mm. You might even treble your money. You just, you know, you're going to get a lot, a lot of money for those guys. And the fact that they know the club, they know the manager, they know what they want, they know their teammates, so they're getting right in as ready-made players. There's no, there's no, Settling in period right into the Champions League, um, and 
I think you know for moving forward for Celtic because the law was want to improve and that's the way any manager is. I still think he, he might want to be looking for a for a for a central defensive partner um, for uh, Carter Vickers if he becomes permanent. When I think there's been a big improvement in Carol Starfelt. Um, you know, I, I think he's got a nice bit of pace. He, he needs a game fairly well, but I just think for the style of football that the manager demands, as yeah. in constantly passing, pass from the back, play from the back, take a risk down again. I just think sometimes that that that, that Starfelt looks like a weak link in there. Sometimes his distributions not up to the standard required when you want to play that style of play. And it might be different if the manager says the old fashioned, just clear your lines, then that might suit Starfelt more. But I just think if you want to improve and you want to, you know, if you're looking at things then um, Starfield's position might be one that they'll that they'll look at. You know. And even if he is your first choice alongside Cameron Carter-Vickers, you want four top central defenders, don't you? You you need that sort of quality backup, especially in tournaments like Champions League, where it doesn't get much better. Yeah, you almost need two players for every position. That's, that's what you want, and that's what you'll be looking at. Um, <clears throat> Julien d- didn't get a look in. It doesn't sound like he's got no. a future, does it? The boy Welsh as well um, Welsh young difficult to judge because I still think you know he's he's had games you know he's played games um, but again he was more so when one of the two were injured Welsh would come in I don't think he let anybody down but again going up another level yeah. um, Near Beaton was an, is another option but he's going you know, Near so, Beaton so... is going he's another one who, who, could, who could play centre back but I think I think Mark's right I think he will be looking at cover Certainly, I think he likes Carl Starfield, and I do think he got better. But again, you go up against proper opposition, and it is proper opposition at the, in the Champions League. That's the highest level, you know. That's the biggest club competition in the world. Um, centre forwards, there, they, they they they're clever. They make good runs when they get chances. They generally take them, you know. Again, in the in the other sort of competitions, if you like, or no disrespect. Um, sometimes a striker might need three or four chances but at the highest level and then what happens is their mistakes you know they get called out because it's a mistake that's cost you the game sometimes you might make three or four mistakes and get away with it but at the highest level the Champions League Mm. you don't get a second bite at it you know so he will look to strengthen that centre back um, just for cover you know I still think you'll start with Carter Vickers and Starfelt mm-hmm. I think you really like them you know they conceded the less goals in the Scottish Premiership mm. and 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 um, and Carl Starfelt will get better again he said himself he really struggled when he first came to the club with the pressures with the fact that you know said he had to win every game um, which you know not concede goals because everything is magnified by, by 50 you know by 50% everything you do so um, yeah, I think he will in uh, strengthening that area certainly. But again, you know, I think he quite quite liked that partnership. Mm-hmm. He'd go with them to start, but of course he needs cover. The Champions League is is an interesting factor. It's such a big thing for Celtic. It means that if Jota and Carter Vickers were humming and hawing about staying with Celtic, that makes such a massive difference to be operating at that level. And as you say, Mark, for Celtic, if they can do well in the Champions League, then it adds to the prestige of the club, but it also adds to the value. The the these players who they've got for you know, as you were saying, maybe a combined fourteen million, uh, suddenly are worth a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean it's it's a win win for Celtic. I mean I think first of all, 
you know, we've got to keep it in, in check, Robin. It's not like dampening Celtic's chances or whatever, but the thing is qualifying for it. So they've got a, a fantastic bonus, and that's down to a lot of their hard work over the previous seasons in European football where they've got this automatic um, entry. Um, then it's a, the, the luck of the draw. I don't know if Celtic are in pot three or pot four. Um, I think it's pot it may four, be. Yeah. Pot four. I mean, I think bearing in mind, unless I'm wrong, Celtic have only qualified twice out of the past seven seasons. Mm. You yeah, know, so yeah. you think of some of the teams that that that, that knocked them out um, over the years. So they've got that, whatever it may be, 30, 40 million quid. So right away, it puts them in a really financially strong situation. It gives them certainty for the next few weeks about what they want to do. Because they know their budget. They're not having to wait till August 28th, 29th, 30th, and all of a sudden it's a last dash in the, mm. in, in the, in the last two days, as, as, as might be the case with Rangers. Because they don't have that certainty of yeah. budget because they've got qualifiers to get through um, so there's a lot of pluses in it for Celtic and if they happen to finish in top two and, and kick on into the the the, uh, the, the knockout stage of the Champions League <coughs> but I think the first and foremost you aim not to finish bottom mm. so as long as you finish third you stay in some shape or form yeah. in European football so that, that would be the aim and if they don't finish bottom they're punching above their weight if they do finish bottom well they've made it they'll be back in there and I'm sure they'll give it a good fist but we'll wait and see what the draw is but first and foremost it's a great situation to be in. No stress uh, in terms of qualifiers in July and August. You can just focus and get off to a good start in the league. You know, making sure that you're that you're getting there and you're getting a proper start. So it's 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 a great situation for Celtic to be in. There were lots of reasons for what happened in Seville to be really painful for Rangers last Wednesday night, John. Um, and one of them is the fact that there will be players in the summer being offered to both Celtic and Rangers. That's the way it happens, isn't it? And um, th there's such a big advantage in being able to guarantee Champions League group football because Rangers have to go over a couple of hurdles and we know that at that stage of the qualifiers it gets tough well yes and there's a new manager in place um, who's, who's shown that he's tactically fantastic and uh, he'll want to strengthen the group mm. he'll want to bring in um, a better quality of player uh, there'll be some that'll move out. Uh, Goldson has let his contract run down. Listen, he might sign a new contract at Rangers, but I would think that would take a huge offer to mm. keep him because there's only one reason why you leave your contract run down because you could go on a Bosman. You could, yeah. go, you could leave on a free transfer. Mm. And that's when you can go fill your boots because if what is Goldson in the market? Six, seven million. So any club that goes and buys him can give him that in wages. They're getting him on a free. They're yeah. paying nothing for him. Um, so that's what I mean by they would have to throw, you know, the king's ransom at him to get goals and for him to make him stay. And, and maybe losing in the final was the, was the final chance to to hold on to him because that's that with all that extra money coming into Rangers, maybe they could have given him something like what he was looking for. Maybe I don't know what Conor Goldson uh, whether he would have stayed, but uh, uh, from my experience, you allow your contract to, to run down. There, there would have been umpteen opportunities for Conor Goldson to sign a new contract mm. this season. Rangers would have offered him good deals. Yeah, but, maybe, but not the, maybe not the deal he was after. Maybe not the level of money he was after. And but Rangers have still made thirty million pounds. They say mm -hmm. so. There's plenty of money there mm. to sign your your best centre half. If you want your centre-half not to leave the football club, give him what he wants. But what I'm saying is you cannot compete with even the championship teams no. in England. You cannot compete. You know, they are paying 25, 30, uh, 20 million pounds for players in the championship. You know, so if, the, if, there's a, if there's a Southampton or a Brighton or one of these 
lower end Premier League clubs wanting Conor Goldson? I don't know. But if there is, you know, they can quadruple the, the wages. And that's why the boy has let his contract round, in my opinion, because he wants a piece somewhere else. I might be wrong. Um, but no, I, I just feel there's always, uh, it's always a good thing when, when, you, when you freshen up the, mm. the training ground and the, and the dressing room. When new players come in, everyone's to impress them. Um, but the recruitment is spot on and Ange has got that bang on this season. Yeah. Almost every one of his signings, maybe James McCarthy is not quite, you know, but he wasn't Ange's signing, was he, James? I well, don't know. Sure I mean, it was, he, was. he was signed on the same day that Joe Hart was signed. Right, Joe Hart got okay. a three-year contract. McCarthy got a four-year deal um, and has been very yeah. much a bit part player yeah, yeah, so but, far. You know, you look at Hart and, you know, you look at Juranovic and you, you look at the, the three uh, Japan internationals and... Yeah. There was you know, a desperation at the time. I remember that day when they were when those two signings were announced, and and Celtic were desperate at the time. They you know they needed players in and quickly, and and at the time, well, you know people like Barry Ferguson were saying Joe Hart, that's a, that's a great signing. I think a lot of people had doubts just because he hadn't played for for quite a long time regularly. But what a signing he has turned out. Sometimes to be. as well though, Robin Mark, you know, when you've got money, that's when the pressure comes because you've got to get them signings mm. right. You know, almost every one of Ange's recruitment signings, they've won in the league this yeah. year. Yeah, they've all they've all stepped up. They've all fitted into his philosophy, his criteria, the hard work, the high press. You know, the 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 two fullbacks creating an overload in the middle of the park. You know, the front three closing down a trigger from the from a midfield, and then all just you know closing down in sixes and sevens rather mm. rather than ones in ones and twos, if you like. So. Sometimes when you've got all this money to spend, you've got to make sure if you're going to go big on a player, he's the right type yeah, and he's the one to cope with the pressure. But the big players, the best players, as you know, they cost a lot of money. But sometimes as well, when you have a lot of money to spend you know, into a big transfer pot, you know, you've got to make sure that's right. Celtic have had it. I've done well up to now. They've got it all. They've got it spot on. But Angela wants to go again. Yeah, he's, he's made some fantastic signings. I mean, it's an unbelievable strike rate um, in terms of success in the, in the market. Uh, one he's developed, one he's rejuvenated is Tony Ralston. He, he's had an incredible season. And we've got a question here uh, on WhatsApp from Kate in Kilsyth, uh, who says, all right, lads, who do you think plays right back for Scotland with Patterson injured? He is in the squad, Nathan Patterson, but he isn't going to be ready, I don't think, for that, that first game against Ukraine. And Kate says, for me, Ralston. Mark, what do you think? Well, it's Ralston or Aaron Hickey. Yeah. Um, I would think, you know, unless there's someone that, I'm, that I've missed, um, Aaron Hickey, I think, is naturally right-sided. Um, so mm -hmm. I think he's one who's also the great season at Bologna. They're talking about him, you know, two or three English clubs sniffing about him, two or three in the Serie A, 18, 19, 20 million quid um, for him. Um, but certainly, Anthony Rouse, not Aaron Hickey, we might say Anthony Rouse because you're seeing him more, like he's mm -hmm. under the rise, but Aaron, Aaron Hickey's a, a top player as well. So it's it's a good it's a good option for um, for Steve Clark to have against uh, Ukraine. And uh, bear in mind as well, when it's stuff like that, you look at the opposition, you look at what the opposition have down the left-hand side and then yeah. you, you, you potentially choose. Because first and foremost, you want your right-back to be a good defender, first mm. and foremost. And then, if they can go and kick on um, from that. So, Hickey or Ralston, I genuinely don't know. 
it would, it would be a continuing football fairy tale, wouldn't it, for Anthony Ralston, who probably thought his, his Celtic days were numbered. He's played so many games, part of what Ange has produced on the pitch this season. Incredible. And could potentially be lining up for Scotland against Ukraine. Well, he's probably um, Scotland's a player that plays in the Scottish Premiership, the most improved player, mm-hmm. I would say. I don't know whether I've known ever a player to improve so much in the space of 12 months. He'd obviously took himself away last summer, trained really, really hard, came back, impressed in pre-season, and every time I saw him play last, he's magnificent. He scored vital goals. He got vital crosses into the box at really important times of the game. Mark's made a case there for for Aaron Hickey. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a dream. What a dream season it would be for uh, for Anthony yeah. Ralston. Oh. If Steve Clark gives him his his um is as is he capped before he's been capped he's been capped, he's been capped. Yeah. yeah if if he if he puts him in the side mm. because I also think he's he's earned it yeah you know he's not just in there for for sentiment and and everything else he's earned it he's had a blinking good season sure has Anthony Ralston and he's been part of a winning team winning the league thanks for saying blinking and not uh, going further up the up the ladder sure yeah right. Tony Ralston uh, contender for right back uh, Scotland Ukraine uh, a week tomorrow night we've got some managerial breaking news that's up next the Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars let's go, go. So you're still looking busy through the roadworks in both directions of the M8 between Paisley and Cardonald. If you're going east, you've still got your heavy traffic between the M74 merge and Charing Cross. And if you're going west, you've got some stop-start traffic between Fruit Market and the M77 merge. This is due to the road being partially blocked with a broken-down vehicle at Junction 20 for West Street. So if you are heading that way, please be patient and watch your speed on the approach. On the M77 southbound tonight, you're slow from Junction 1 at Dunbreck Road back to the M74 Junction 1. You're queuing on the Coyside Expressway between SEC and the merger Anderson Cross. And looking a bit farther afield on the M80 southbound, you've got traffic looking very slow from Cumbernauld Lowood back to Denny Lonehead, so please be patient there as well. Taking a look at your public transport, you've got a special timetable running in Scotrail due to operational reasons with passengers advised to check their journeys before travelling because many of your routes are finishing a lot earlier than usual. Just as always, please check your routes no matter where you're travelling tonight. You can find the very latest travel updates at any time at thisisgo.co.uk. Thanks for that, Chris. The Go Radio Football Show on a Tuesday. John Hartson, Mark Guidi with Rob McLean in the studio. 0808 1717 And you've been getting in touch with us uh, by message and on the socials at Go Football Show as well. Uh, that question was uh, all about, prior to the break, was all about who's going to be replacing Nathan Patterson for Scotland uh, next Wednesday night, Tony Ralston. Uh, that would really cap uh, a sensational season for him if he starts in that one. But Mark made a good point. Aaron Hickey must be a, a strong contender as well. And we're talking about the transfer market. He could feature large in the next couple of months. Lots of interest in England about tempting him back to the UK from Bologna. I mentioned those uh, managerial merry-go-round movements uh, ongoing at the moment. Remember John McGlynn left Wraith Rovers. He went to Falkirk. Well, he's replaced today as the Wraith Rovers manager by Ian Murray, who left Airdrie, having uh, failed to come through the playoffs into the championship. They're still in League One. So he is now a championship manager. Uh, with Wraith Rovers and the one that's just broken uh, it's confirmation uh, that James McPake 
who left Dundee, of course, in mid-February, replaced by Mark McGee. That didn't go well. Uh, Dundee on the way down, uh, looking for a manager. We'll talk about that shortly. But uh, Mark, James McPake uh, joining Dunfermline, replacing John Hughes on a two-year contract. Uh, they're League One, of course, yeah. um, and you would hope the only way is up. But you look at some of the other teams in League One, it could be competitive. Yeah, it will be competitive, Rob. Um, but, uh, you know, Dunfermline's a, a massive club. You know, they shouldn't be in, in, in League One. You know, they had a, you know, a championship championship club, if not uh, more than that. James McPake, you know, had a good couple of seasons at uh, Dundee. He knows what it takes to get a club up. He'll handle the weight of expectation through East End Park. Um, so yeah I think uh, on paper that looks to be a good appointment uh, just some quotes on the, the Powers website from James he's been in the studio of course uh, John shared the studio with him uh, before impressive guy um, and maybe Dundee at this stage wishing uh, they'd stuck with him after a couple of great results as well when he was uh, shown the door and it hasn't gone well from there for Dundee um, on the way down to the championship James said it's been a challenging year for the club but I'm excited and optimistic about how we can build the club up. Um, he said, uh, over the years, um, on the pitch and in the opposition dugout, I've experienced the strong backing from the stands. Uh, the supporters are going to play a key role in this rebuild. And it's vital that we're all pulling in the same direction for the start of the season. They do have a, a big fan base on Fermlin, and um, they're a club that really, you would think, uh, should be aiming towards the Premiership in the top 12 rather than being in the third rung, uh, which is where they're going to be next season. But you're impressed with James when you when you came across him in the studio, John. I was. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he wasn't shy in saying that he was extremely disappointed having lost his job at Dundee. Mm. He felt that, you know, he had the team around him and he felt he had the ability to keep them up. Um, he was he listen. We'd never know. It's hypothetical now, but uh, on the back of how badly Dundee did, then you could you could say you know he had a case. Did they make the right decision, Dundee, in sacking him and appointing Mark McGee instead? What do you think? I think they shouldn't. I should. I think they should have kept him because mm. I don't think Mark McGee did anything there. He wasn't. He wasn't able to go on the in the dugout for the first six games. He had to be up in the stand. I don't know how much impact you can actually get from being in the stand. Nothing against Mark. I like Mark McGee. Um, I've been in his company. But when you've got James Mc, McPake there, all, all of a sudden, he's you know, he, he knows what, uh, he knows his team. He, he knows who to get the best out of. Mark had to come in, get to know all the players. Yes, he'd have watched, he'd have watched Dundee. He'd have, he'd have had videos and things like that. But I thought he was harsh and James has proved to be right. You know, if they'd kept him, it might might well have been different. As it happens, they changed it. And 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 obviously, look what's happened. They've got relegated. And, but what I liked about him was he was very honest. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't shy in coming out and saying, I felt I should have kept my job. Yeah. You know, and I think that's good because I think you get a lot of managers, you know, they, 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 they're, they're told to say the right things and, they, you know, they have to answer to the chairman and, they, you know, they, 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 they come out and... You know, I, I like the fact that managers come out and say that, you know, today this player didn't play particularly well. There's too many players now that you can't say anything to. Mm -hmm. You know, be honest. Be, be honest with your players. And I think James is that type of player. 
uh, manager, sorry, and I think he'll do very well at Dunfermline. I wish him well anyway. Yeah. Because he's very knowledgeable on the game. He sure is. He's very honest and he's a good communicator. And he's 37. He's he's got a lot of uh, mileage under his belt uh, for for one of that age. And and uh, I guess in some ways he's learnt hard way this season. He's learnt how football can. Uh, kick you in a very painful place. Uh, it was a Gordon Strachan appointment, wasn't it, for Mark McGee? No doubt about it, that, that he brought him into Dundee. Yeah. Uh, and I guess we're assuming that this next appointment, whoever Dundee go for next, Mark, um, is going to have Gordon Strachan's stamp on it as well? Well, it looks that way. I mean, um, you know, the, the shortlist appears to be Sean Maloney's, Stephen Presley's, um, Jack Ross. You know, so it's guys that, that Gordon knows, particularly Sean and, and, and Stephen. Um Gordon uh, has worked with him before. He's he's managed them. Um, Jack Ross is, is one that he hasn't, but Jack certainly you know has a a terrific CV, and that'd be a real coup for Dundee if they could manage to persuade Jack Ross to to take over um, at Dens Park. Look, I've just said there about Dunfermline being a false position. It's a cracking job mm. to go and get a hold of Dundee, but yeah. if a rebuild uh, required, but you've got a strong uh, fan base, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, that that would be. Uh, a good one but certainly if Jack Ross if Dundee can persuade Jack Ross uh, to go in then that's a, a hell of a sign I don't think it'll be Stephen Presley just because I bumped into him at Hamden after the match on, on Saturday and he seems to be loving his job at Brentford, at Brentford. yeah I mean it's, I think it's a director of football or he, mm-hmm. it's it's in that area where he works for, there's a management team behind uh, Thomas Frank um, and is Steve- it like kind of Individual personal development or something like that. But from what he's saying, you know, it's not just Thomas Frank. I'm the manager, and that's it. It's a mo- it's a more modern sort of setup where there are quite a few of them around, assisting, very much involved. And he seems to be loving it. And of course, they've stayed up. Uh, Brentford, they've got they've got Ericsson playing for them, which is a great story in itself. But so judge, <laughs> unless he was lying lying through his teeth to me, mm. um, I think he'll be staying where he is at, at Brentford. But Jack Ross, um, would I think he'd be ideal, wouldn't he, for that job at Dundee, John? Or, yes, Sean, Sean, yes. or Sean Maloney? Yes. Um, are they candidates or are they told that they're interviewing? Well, we, we believe so. Um, because I'm you, not sure you, we know so. Will, but will, will Jack Ross, will, will he be looking higher? What do you think I can get? Yeah. You know, a Scottish Premiership job. I, I don't know. It's a Championship, isn't it, with Dundee? Yeah. For, for me, it's got it's got a little bit of the Kilmarnock about about it when Derek McInnes went there. Um, yeah. You, you know, the, the, the thought of the, yeah, exactly. Of thing, the thought yes. of taking them up and then actually building something there. Because because yeah. as Mark says, it, it's a big Dundee's a big club with a big support. Uh, again, Jack Ross would have felt it was harsh when when Hibbs sacked him. Got them into a you know a, a League Cup semi final. Was it was it a final they got him into? Final, yeah, 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 yeah. Sacked him then, which was very, very harsh. Sounds harsh for me anyway. Um, but as we said, you know, Derek McInnes went and did it at Kilmarnock, and he almost had to step down to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And not so much prove himself, he'd had seven great years at Aberdeen, you know, a couple of Scottish Cup finals and things like that. Celtic were the nemesis of mm-hmm. Aberdeen, they used to beat them all the time. Aberdeen just couldn't quite win a game against Celtic, um, in the cups anyway. So um, it's a great job, as you say, Dundee, all those, the championship, the challenge is to bring mm. them straight back up. You know, they love aspirations of coming straight back up to the Scottish Premiership. Tough job, you know, because there's some, you look at Inverness, I've come close, Arbroath, the teams are going to the playoffs. Um, Queen's Park and Cove Rangers. Queen's Park, Cove Rangers, yeah. you know, so it's it's a really, really hard division, the, the championship. Um so yeah, you know, it's an opportunity for them. Sean Maloney, would he want to jump straight back in? 
it seems he wants to be in management because he left a great job, a great role with the Belgium national team to go and be the boss himself. He seems like he wants to go that way now and be a number one. And Gordon as well, obviously, um, managed uh, Sean, myself, we were both in the same team, at Celtic yeah. under Gordon. So they are two that know each other very well. Um, but again, you know, two good candidates, I think, for the job. One of many questions uh, still to be answered in Scottish football, who will be the new manager at Dundee? 60 minutes of football chat gone another 60 still to come after the news at 6 there's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow from one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley we're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service so come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range all available with up to 10 year warranty including the all new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV see our great choice of approved used Toyota Toyota's too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Talking about lots of questions to be answered in Scottish football and they include... Uh, Will Alan McGregor be a Rangers player next season? Was that his farewell at Hamden on Saturday? Late on, there were just a couple of minutes left of extra time when uh, John McLaughlin went off, Alan McGregor came on. It was his fourth winner's medal, but it was the first final in which he'd featured. Uh, I don't think he touched the ball, but he did uh, get himself involved ahead of climbing aboard the podium with all his Rangers teammates and celebrating that Scottish Cup success at the age of 40. He has been magnificent this season. I think it was a nice uh, sign from John. He told when he uh, when the the result was there, he would have uh, gave up his place for for Ellen for the last minutes. So uh, I think it was a nice gesture for him. And um, you know we're gonna sit down with him and, and see how his how uh, how, how his future is. But um, you know happy for Ellen as well that he can uh, can lift the trophy in the end of the season. What do you think, Mark? I think he's been battling against back problems. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he, he is still a magnificent goalkeeper. Do you think he's got another year in him? Oh, all day long. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I've said a few times on here now. You know, I, I think Alan McGregor will sign another year. Um, yeah, because he deserves it. He's still good enough. Yeah, he's you know he's he is carrying. You know, he's probably not training as often, but has he still got the ability to go out there on a Saturday? Uh, yeah, has he got the respect of his teammates and the managers? Yeah, clearly. Um, and, you know, if you're turning around and seeing Alan McGregor's 35, we wouldn't be having this conversation. He's 39, he's 40. But he's he's definitely got another year uh, left in him. I'm not saying he's got another year left in him having 45 starts. But as a goalkeeper, he's he's more than got another year left in him. And I think he'll, I think he'll stay on. I also think Stephen Davis will sign another year as well. You'd want Alan McGregor still around the place, wouldn't you, John? Oh. Whatever part he's playing, uh, because he's he's a match winner, isn't he? He's a brilliant goalkeeper, Alan McGregor. He has been now for for many years. Uh, what what he does is he, he's he makes fantastic saves at crucial times in the game. You know, I mean, when when you, when when your team's on top and the opposition break. It's so crucial that you depend on your goalkeeper to make that save. He stands up really well. He 
He doesn't look to me as if he's got back problems. He's so <laughs> agile, he can tip things around the post. Mm. Um, and last year, I think, would probably be one of his best years at Rangers. You know, some of the saves that he mm. made in games. Um, that European one where he went behind him to claw it out. Incredible. I mean, it was almost Guidi-esque. It was, it was such a good bit of goalkeeping, Mark. <laughs> I, I, I thought you would have said before, Mark. You never told me you are a goal. He's made, he's made a few. And, and I think, you know, when you think back... It was one of Steven Gerrard's first signings, if not the first signing. A free transfer from Hull City. Four years down the line, he's, for me, without doubt, been uh, Steven Gerrard's best signing. You know, um, to get him on a free transfer. So that, that's why I think I think he'll stay. And it just... And you've got a really good goalkeeper in John McLaughlin. And by the way, what a lovely gesture from mm. John McLaughlin. Yeah. A measure of him as a, as a person to do that uh, for Alan. I listened closely to Alan's interview uh, at full time on the pitch at Hamden he wasn't giving anything away he was given two or three opportunities to say that's it I'm hanging up my gloves um, but he made it clear it's been a hectic schedule for the club for two or three months they were quite relaxed about the situation because he either signs for Rangers or he hangs up his gloves he's not going to go and sign for someone else so I think he'll stay thing is what I was going to say sorry Mark what I was going to say as a player if you're a holding midfield player right your manager can say you haven't got to train all week. You know, train on a Thursday, train on a Friday, look after yourself. Players look after themselves now anyway, right? They look, they sport science, they wade regular, they eat the right things, right? And But from a goalkeeper's point of view, you've got to stay sharp. You've got to be out there every day, you know, diving around. Mm. In, in it's all, all about reactions, In all it? weathers. It's yeah. all about reactions. It's all about being ready. So a goalkeeper's position is different to an outfield player's position. You know, Gordon Strachan used to say to me when I was at Coventry, you're feeling a bit stiff, John, or whatever. Sit out today, come back in tomorrow. Sit out Wednesday, we get you back in Friday, ready to play Saturday. That's what it, he looked after the senior players, if you like. But from a goalkeeper's point of view, you you got to be out there every day. So that's not something that you can say to Alan McGregor. Look, I've three or four days off through the week, and then maybe you can come in and play on a Saturday. He'll probably say because a goalkeeper is different mm. to being an outfield player. You can't train that way. Uh, when you have to stay sharp. Yeah, we're going to get to uh, Regan on the phones in a sec, but I just want to um, just get one more answer from you, Mark, about Stephen Davis. You reckon he's going to... Because there was talk of Motherwell, wasn't there? There was talk of maybe a, a move to Motherwell, which sounded a bit unlikely, uh -huh. but you reckon he'll do another year with Rangers? Yeah, I mean, I do. I mean, you look at him when he came off the bench against Celtic in the Scottish Cup semi-final. I thought he, he changed the flow of the game and, and, and really put it into Rangers' uh, favour. You look at him um, when he came on again in, in, in Seville. I thought he was terrific. Saturday started the game um, against Hearts. He's 37, he's fit as a fiddle, model professional, not an ounce of high maintenance about him. I don't think it'd be difficult to deal with. Um, you know, so therefore it, it ticks all the all the boxes. And you know, to have a, a player of that experience around the building, um, even if it is only as a as a as a substitute for 20, 25 minutes uh, here and there. Um, that'd be frustrating for Stephen because he would be wanting to play more often. But um, he likes Rangers. He's settled. He knows what the club's about. And um, I think he too. I think McGregor and Davis mm -hmm. will both sign one-year contracts. And you'd have to be thinking twice about getting rid of that sort of experience, that sort of talent in the club. Uh, so maybe there's going to be another year deal coming up for both of them, uh, McGregor and Davis. Let's get uh, Regan involved in the football conversation. Hi, Regan. Hi Rob, how are you doing? Very well, how's you? I'm doing well, thanks. Um, I, I just wanted to get uh, the two guys' thoughts on 
I tried to give through last night, but it was obviously very busy. But uh, it's the Scotland chat. For mm-hmm. me, I think Scotland right should be in that squad. I think there's a quite a few players in there that we shouldn't really be in there. I mean, I mean for me, there's no need to have four goalkeepers. Also, they've got six, um, six wing backs as well. I think, I think if you had someone like Scott Wright or maybe a, a Fraser as well, I think these are the kind of players that we need. <coughs> not, a, a, not disrespect to Xander Clark or David Marshall, but I think if you put someone in like in there with Scott Wright, because don't, don't forget Rob as well, this is Scott Wright that wasn't getting a game under Gerard. And Giovanni Van Bronckhorst trusted this player to play in the Scottish Cup final and also play in a European final. Yeah. I mean... So, sorry, Regan. Yeah, I mean, this was Stevie. So let's let, before we get the get Mark and, and John uh, to give us their thoughts. This was Stevie Clark talking about the squad, uh, the unbeaten run, of course, and and not really any significant changes to the the names he listed. We're in the middle of a run of eight games unbeaten. I think we've done we've done pretty well since last summer. Uh, we're in a good place. I've, I've gone pretty much same again. I've added one or two in. Nothing new. No no shocks. Everybody that comes in knows what to expect for the work. I know what to expect from them and they know, know what to expect from me. So hopefully we just pick up where we are in March and we, we just keep that unbeaten run going for two more games at least. But there's no doubt, Mark, that, that Regan's got a great point there. I mean, Scott Wright, his form over the last month or so, big games, high-profile games, big contributions. Um, he's a rising star, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, had, had uh, Steve Clark included um, Scott Wright in the squad, I don't think there'd be any, any eyebrows uh, raised the fact that he's not included. You know, when I when I saw the squad yesterday, they immediately did I immediately go, "Oh, where's Scott Wright?" No, I, no, I didn't. You know, because the, the squad's full of quality. Uh, you know, the key point there that Steve Clark made is everybody in the squad. I know what to expect from them, and they what to what to expect from me. He's maybe thinking, "Look, it's not a time to try and integrate somebody." Scott Wright's got plenty of of time, um, so therefore he's going with the tried and tested. Now, if he picks up a couple of knocks between now mm. um, and next Wednesday night or if he gets a couple of knocks next Wednesday night and we're lucky enough to get through to play Wales on June the 5th then Scott Wright might be somebody that will come into his thoughts but right now yeah Scott Wright um, scored a cracking goal um, for uh, yep. for uh, for Rangers in the Scottish Cup yep. final uh, against that was he was he brilliant in the Europa League final um, against Eintracht Frankfurt did we get to full time and mm. think Scott Wright's got to be in the Scotland squad did we? No, I don't think we no. did. So no. you know, is this so? Yeah, he's played a a a really good role uh, for Rangers. But let's forget, he's not been a, a first pick for Rangers mm. if the second half of the season he's emerged and get a great goal on Saturday. But um, uh, his time will come. Mm. But I totally understand why it's not just now. And I think we can understand um, for the reasons Mark has just outlined there, John, why Stevie Clark is going with the tried and the tested. When you're eight yeah. games unbeaten uh, and, and it is a really strong Scotland squad now, th- this is not the time for experimentation, is it really? Not really. I think Mark's right. I think I think Scott Wright's time will come. Um, I like him. I think he's very direct. Mm. When he gets the ball, he only wants to go one way and that's forward. He likes to get crosses in, likes to get himself in the box. Mark's right. He's got a great goal against Hearts in the final where he broke on the counter. Wonderful finish past Craig Gordon in that bottom right-hand side. And he'll have caps. There's, there's no doubt about it that he'll be in future squads. And I don't think this is, this is um, Steve Clark almost saying that he, he's not he's not good enough to be in my squad. Because no. he certainly is. 
But as you say, that word tried and tested. They're eight, they're, what are they, eight games unbeaten? Mm. So he wants to keep the, the squad. He wants to we'll keep them. It'll be ten after Cardiff. <laughs> yeah, well, you sound very confident. <laughs> <laughs> Reagan, what are you laughing at? Well, do you agree, Reagan? Are we heading for ten unbeaten? That would be nice to celebrate that at Cardiff, wouldn't it? I do agree, Bob, and I'm looking forward to this game next uh, Wednesday. I'll be there. You're so going good, man. Yeah, I think Stone will do very well. One more point I wanted to ask Mark and uh, John is that do you think there's a bit of beef between Steve Clark and uh, Fraser? Because uh, uh, Fraser's someone that's not been in the squad now for maybe yep. six to eight months, and it's a bit of a worry for me because obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was on the naughty step, wasn't he? After yeah. after training with Newcastle, having called yeah, off a Scotland and squad. And then was yeah. caught, you know, 24 yeah. hours later training mm. under uh, Eddie Howe, who had mm. just taken over at Newcastle. Yeah, I think that's gone against him. Let's be honest. And don't blame Steve Clark if, if, if that's the case. You know, he's talking about having harmony within the group. He's talking about, you know, being, being together. And, um, you know, if he's got guys in the squad that want to be there, when you can you can question um, Ryan Fraser for for calling off a, a couple of squads ago, then I don't have a problem. I'll I'll, I'll trust Steve Clark's mm. uh, judgment on it. And again, you know Ryan Fraser uh, is a very good player. There's no doubt. You know he, he's got a bit about him, but it's no Gareth Bale we're we're, we're talking about. No. You know, and Scotland have managed to do okay without him. So had you included Ryan and again I think Ryan Fraser's time will come again I don't think Steve Clark's the type of character that would just rule him out but the moment he's thinking no I'm going to go with what I've got what kind of message does it send to the rest of the squad if a guy can just walk out and all of a sudden I bring him straight back yeah. in so no I, I understand Steve Clark's reasons for not having Ryan Fraser and, and it's not to do with his ability as a footballer and I back Steve Clark's reasons 100% and the challenge, John, to Ryan Fraser would be, right, prove yourself, play so well that I can't ignore you and you force your way back into the squad. That's uh, right. But, but, at, but at the moment, it's a really strong squad and, and, and you know, why, why does Ryan Fraser deserve a recall when you look at the other players listed? And, and it's Steve Clark's uh, prerogative. He, he's the boss. He, he picks and chooses yeah. who he wants in his squad. Um, he's got a really good group of players. Ryan Fraser is a good player. Um, but for me... You know, if Scotland were losing games and and then all of a sudden you're not getting crosses into the box or your strikers are not scoring goals and you think to yourself, oh, we could really do with Ryan Fraser. You know, not 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 speaking out to turn against him because I said he's a really good mm. player, mm -hmm. but it's Steve Clark's uh, prerogative. Mm -hmm. They're eight games unbeaten and he's probably thinking, I could still go over the group that I have. And I, 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 think, I think Mark makes a great point. I don't think he'd be, you know, he'll, he'll be left out continuously all the time I just think Steve's got this bit of momentum going with the national team uh, they've got two massive games coming up now the Ukraine and obviously uh, if they were to get through that one the final obviously for the for the World Cup spot and he's just going with who he thinks can win these games for him nothing personal against Ryan Fraser he will come back in no doubt in the future the, the question uh, Regan we had earlier on in the show uh, from Kate and Kilsyth was who should play right back on the basis that Nathan Patterson's not ready um, would it be uh, Anthony Ralston would it be Aaron Hickey switching over to right back he's, he's very two footed anyway would it be Stephen O'Donnell who, who would you have in that right wing back position I would play uh, Tony Ralston Rob because mm. I think I think Tony is a I had a very good season. Um, as much as I like the boy that's played over in 
uh, Serie A. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Tony's played really well. He also knows a lot of the Celtic boys. He's, he's, he's gelled really well with them. And also, I think that um, if you're playing Alston, well, well, way to end a, yeah. spectacular se- a spectacular season because this time last year, I think everybody was like, Tony Ralston signed a one-year deal. What else are they doing here? But it just shows you what a mm. job that Tony Ralston's done and he totally deserved this chance for Scotland. Well, Reagan, I, th- I agree with you. I think uh, Tony Ralston has, has been much, much improved and uh, he deserves his chance. I agree, mate. Can I ask you the question, Reagan, that came up here earlier on, on on the on the radio here? Who, in your opinion, had the best season? I know it's a difficult one and... You know, um, because I thought... Was this the question you got upset with me right no, at the top thought, of the show? I thought Rangers and Celtic both, both, both had great seasons, Regan. Who, for you, which club had the best season? For me, I think Celtic, John, because you mm. know why? Celtic are the most successful club in Scotland this season. I mean, they've won two trophies. I mean, well, people can say Rangers got to European final, but it was station for Go Radio that said at the start of the season, this was the most important season for the Scottish Premiership side to win the title. That's exactly what Celtic, yeah. Celtic are in. Now, of course, Celtic fans will be, will be a little bit jealous of what Rangers did in, in European football, but I think what Celtic did, John, was absolutely, absolutely incredible. Mm. Yeah, um, and and you're right, and, and it is what point, we've been talking about all season point, long, yeah, isn't it? You know, we, we we spoke about the the bonanza, the, the, the financial bonanza, in football history yeah. this and, year. and just yeah. being in those Champions League group stages, which yeah. which time has proved, Mark, are so difficult to qualify for. Yeah, listen, you know the way the way that um, Reagan. Reagan phrased his answer to John is, is absolutely yeah. spot on. Reagan and he came, all, he came up, very good when he comes he, on. He came, up with, he came up with an answer and he explained why he gave his answer, and he said that everybody had said this is the most important title in Scottish football history because of the, the prize money um, at the end of it. Apart from the prestige, but you're right into the Champions League and you're yep. up, upwards of 30 million. I think million as well, Regan, it's a great answer. People, I think a lot of people said as well, Celtic just can't win the league. Yeah, I mean... Physically uh, I could not was, win the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it was... Um, it was... Um, the state and Postacoglu were into, I mean... And, I know that Gio went in and uh, Gerard was uh, left for Aston Villa, but the state that Ange Postecoglou went into, I mean, I mean, you had people say that like it was going to take three or four years to yeah. build that that Ange Postecoglou takes a year to, to settle in. Uh, I, I said, that, yeah, I said, Regan, I said, as as Celtic fans, I think we all were pretty hopeful, hopeful to see how close we could possibly get. To Rangers, they were massive favourites. They had momentum from the season before, winning the league, stopping the ten, all these things, and it was almost like, well, how close can we come? Can we build a team enough, good enough? Can we build a team that's going to be competitive enough? You know, and Angers, yep. Angers, he just come up trumps in every possible way, hasn't he? Not for the first time in this show, Regan. You've nailed it. Well done. Thanks for your call. Okay, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers Regan. Regan. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! It's Tuesday on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors, Mark Guidi and John Harson with Rob McLean in the studio and uh, your calls, and that was a good one, wasn't it, before the break from Regan, making lots of good points um, and uh, making his play for Celtic having had the best 
of the season because they end up with the biggest prize. They are in the Champions League and they are already uh, rebuilding again and... Uh, well, they've done pretty well, haven't they, with Ange Postecoglou so far. His signings, spectacular. And uh, at the moment, Celtic working hard on making those loan deals with Jota and with Carmen Carter-Vickers permanent. Um, Dyson Maida has already uh, turned his deal into a, a permanent one. Uh, so it's more building blocks in place for Celtic having won the title and the League Cup. And they'll be looking... Uh, to make an impact in Europe's elite club competition this season, the final of which, of course, is on Saturday night, Liverpool against Real Madrid, an absolute belter, and the Scotland captain will be involved. Listen, when you, you play the amount of games that Liverpool have this season, all the top the top clubs play when you when you go to the final stages of all the competitions, which is what Liverpool have done, they're going to play a lot of games. Uh, the players are fit, they understand what's needed physically and mentally to, to prepare for the game. So no doubts about Andy. Andy Robertson uh, will be there uh, for Scotland. So he gets back from, from Paris. But amazing for Scotland to have the captain involved in such a special match. Yeah, he's chance to go and win it for the second time in his, his career, Rob. He's also played another uh, final. You know, Liverpool won two cups this season, took... Uh, Man City within 10 or 15 minutes of winning the title um, at the weekend. So, yeah, and he's an integral part of, of what's been going on at that club now for four or five years under Jurgen Klopp. We all know the backstory. Uh, it's sensational and he just keeps uh, going and going. And yes, fingers crossed that A, he wins mm. on Saturday night and, and I think they're all really looking forward to watching. I think it'll be a cracking final and B, that uh, you know he comes through unscathed and is, is ready to lead Scotland against Ukraine a week tonight. Mark was in Perth last tomorrow, night. Rather. A week Yeah, a week yeah. tomorrow, exactly. Uh, Mark was in Perth last night, McDermott Park. Uh, St. Johnson struggling first half against Inverness, Cali Thistle, but four goals in the second half. And it was emphatic in the end. Uh, St. Johnston keep their place in the Premiership. And I know one man who's going to be <laughs> really chuffed with that result last night. Ryan, how are you? I am absolutely buzzing. I thought you might be. <laughs> I'm happy, I'm buzzing, um, but also relieved, very relieved, because, um, as you say, the first half was, uh, I was very nervous. Were you fearing the worst at that stage? I was, I'm not going to lie, I was. Half-time came and I thought, ah, we're not up for it, we're, there's something missing, we're no passing, we're, there's just no, something's missing. And Inverness were right up for it and fair play to them. Um, they gave us a good game. Um, and I was, I was fearing the worst, I really was. But the second half, wow, what a performance. Stevie May wasn't hanging about, was he? No, 54 seconds, I think it was, or something like that. He was in the park, so not bad. <laughs> it was incredible, wasn't it? The the change in that game yeah. uh, in a matter of seconds, right at the start of the second half. Two quick fire goals, and that was that mark, really. Yeah, I mean, I think Ryan summed it up. You know, St. Johnson just didn't get going in the first half. They were a bit lethargic. They weren't playing quick enough. It was a bit pedestrian when they were in possession. And, um, you know, I think for the tie, though, bearing in mind, um, I think Inverness had to score first, you know, to, 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 to have a chance. But St. Johnson got that goal. Stevie May pounced on it really quickly. It was a good save from Ridgers, but he, he pounced, showed great reaction. And as Callum Davidson said at full time, he loves to see strikers scoring from two yards. Mm -hmm. He thinks it's brilliant and St. Johnson haven't yeah. scored enough from that area uh, this season. And then, you know, Cammy McPherson gets a deflection, but he deserved his goal. Cammy McPherson was superb last night. He'll be a big, big player for St. Johnson next season. And then the two dinks, you know, Callum mm -hmm. Hendry and then mm -hmm. Sean Rooney. The two dinks could be the last game um, for, the, for the club last mm -hmm. night for both of them. And uh, what a way to, to bow out in front of, what, 7,500 fans. 
Brian, I know it's relief that you've retained your uh, Scottish Premiership position, but to get yourself into this position, to get into a playoff, um, potential, you know, relegation, um, one game mm-hmm. away from that. And uh, what's gone wrong this season and where do you think, more than anywhere, St. Johnson have to improve to make sure next season this doesn't happen again? I think I think just a, a stabi- stability right across the board. I think um, I, as a Saints fan, um, I, I've been hearing a lot of things. I've been not going right behind the scenes. I don't I don't know that, but I think they just need a good good strong stability, um, forward thinking. I, um, I just I just think they panicked. Um, selling our two best players was always going to be massive. Mm. To sell them in the last hour of the transfer window was ridiculous for me to be honest as a Saints fan. Um, to, to, to try and replace that quality was, was really showed, um, and then we just we kind of just didn't. I, I just think we just didn't get the right players in. I mean, it, it takes time. You know, you're a, you're, a, you're a player, John. You're a player. It, it takes time when you when you find you, you sign 15 players. Mm-hmm. It takes time for them to gel and and to, to buy into the system. And and I, and I did feel the worst. I mean, after the Celtic game, I really did feel for the worst. And mm. we just really need to get this time now. Um, get a good pre-season under the belts and get get some good players in and, and hopefully kick it off. You, I mean, you mentioned you, sorry, I was just going to say, Ryan, you mentioned those two on the way that went out in the last day of the window, and, and it was interesting that both Ali McCann and, and Jason Kerr were there last night, weren't they? Yeah, you know, which says a lot the, about the the team spirit. Yeah, I think that's the the, the key. Exactly what what uh, Ryan said there was, you know, mm. after the Kelty defeat, a lot of people feared the worst. Mm. Um, Ryan, there, there's no doubt about that. But then, when oh, you look absolutely. at what happened after that, Melker Helberg was signed. What a contribution he made! The decision was made to 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 bring Callum Hendry back. Now they could have allowed him to stay at Kilmarnock or, or, or set him somewhere else. Callum Hendry's goals, no doubt, kept the club in. Dan Cleary turned out to be a good bit of business as well. Who who was brought in? Um, look at the contribution of John Mahon last night. A couple of fantastic. Uh, tackles to keep uh, Inverness out of the game so actually what happened after Kelty was a positive because there wasn't a panic and the chairman backed mm-hmm. the manager to bring in four or five signs who all made a significant contribution because think of where St Johnston were what February, March time the bottom of the league mm-hmm. probably few yeah. people gave them a chance of saying oh, St Johnston looking straight down but there was a few good games um, Ryan if you think to Pataudry getting a big point at, at, at Pataudry um, getting yeah. another big, big couple of big um, results over, you know, getting the, the Sean Rooney getting equaliser up at Dens Park, first game after the split, which was key. Um, so I, I think the fact that there wasn't a panic in January, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was actually a, a calm uh, around the football club, and that helped to get them to what they achieved last night. And Callum Ryan, um, Callum Davison uh-huh. still still has the full support. Um, I know magnificent achievement last season by winning the uh, the two cups, of course. Um, yeah. Magnificent achievement, but all the fans still behind the manager and, and hoping that you kick on next season? Uh, to be honest, John, I think it's half and half. I think there's half that say no and there's half that says yeah. Mm. Um, I'm on the fence with it, to be honest. I mm. mean, does he does he does he go now and let somebody else freshen things up and you know he he's kept us up, he won us the two cups, happy days, or does he does he rebuild? I, I'm I'm on the fence. I'm not sure what he'll do, but because they've given him a big contract, I think I think he'll stick it out. Mm. Yeah. Um, and 
I want him to, to be honest. To be honest, I want I want him to because to win us two cuts was was unbelievable. Yeah, and incredible he, achievement. He, and I mean that, that gives him a bit. Of, that gives gives him a bit of credit in the bank, doesn't it, Ryan? Two cuts. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, if you look at if you look at Aberdeen, they got rid of McInnes. Hasn't been well well mm. for them. Jack Ross Hibbs didn't mm. go well either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so as you say, sometimes it's wrong to fire a manager blame the manager all the time sometimes it's just got to look it might be something behind the scenes it might be this it might be that mm. but he's, he's he's got given the, the chance and, and you know what he's he's, he's kept us up and I'm, I'm happy because he's yeah. saved the club quite a few bit of money as well so. It's a difficult one when, when he's brought in so much success in terms of you know that's incredible what, what St Johnson achieved last season the Scottish mm. Cup and, and, and the League Cup but then again, you look at it and go, well, you know, how how far do, do you keep going with sentiment and like that achievement will 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 go down in history, absolutely. Yes. And Callum McGregor, a uh, Callum, sorry, Callum Davidson, can live off that for a long time, and there's no doubt about it. On the back of that, showing that achievement and 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 the way that St Johnson went about it. He'll get other jobs. He he will always get a job, in my opinion, on the back of that. Mm. But then yeah. again, it's difficult, I suppose, after the season you've had. Um, you can't be too critical, but you've also got to look at it and think, well, we've stayed up by the skin of our teeth. So yeah, absolutely. Th- you have to then question some of the decisions you've just brought in the board, mm. selling your two best players. Um, that yeah. doesn't help the manager, of course not. But I suppose this sentiment thing and... You know, I I like Cam Davis, a personal friend of mine. You know, I really like him as well as, as a person. But it's like yeah. you can't be over sentimental no. when you're running a football club. No. It's about results. It's a it's business. But look at the business blunders that yeah. have been made in the Premiership this season. Ryan's just mentioned too. You know, Derek, getting rid of Derek McInnes has not proved to be a particularly good idea, has it? Because Aberdeen are way below where they would have expected to finish. James McPake, James McPake at Dundee, yeah. Jack Ross at Hibs. That's that's just that's three in in recent times yeah. at, at club. Ca- Callum but, Davis will be a better manager than what he's been through. Mm-hmm. So last season mm-hmm. he's yeah, had the the, the 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 pressure of trying to win two cup finals, and that's a lovely pressure to have. And he had to beat Hibs in the Scottish Cup final on the back of a of a COVID outbreak at the club, might not be able to get a team together. Mm. And now you've had this pressure of putting, you know, getting your team to rally round, making your players still believe in you, lifting their heads up on a Monday morning, because I don't know what the, the, the stats are, but probably St. Johnson had 22, 24, 25 defeats in the league last yeah. season. So keeping them yeah. going. So he'll be the better of having been through it and then getting through last night. Like everybody said, not having a great first half, but getting them together at half-time. Glenn Middleton has a hamstring injury. Who they have put on? He made the decision to bring on Stevie May. Others might not have put Stevie May on. Mm-hmm. Stevie May scores within 60 seconds. St. Johnson never looked back. Mm. So Callum Davidson and his coaching staff will be the better for that experience. He is now a much better manager than what he was 12 months ago. For Of that, there is absolutely no doubt. Who's going uh, uh, and who's staying um, in your mind, uh, Ryan, at the moment? Uh, quite a few players out of contract. Yeah, I think I think Xander's definitely going. Um, there's talk about Dundee United. Um, Calm Henry, I'm not sure. Um, Rooney, I'm not sure. I, I would love him to stay. I mean, the celebration said otherwise last night. That's for sure. Um, I think uh, McCart will be away. 
Um, he's, I think, I think he was the very notable one that he's made it very clear that he doesn't want to stay. Same with Xander, he hasn't signed a new contract. So, and you know what, fair play to Xander, I'm not going to criticise him because he's been with us since through the youth. He's came right up and he's mm. been here almost his whole career now. So he's 20, I think he's 29 now. So. He deserves he deserves another move, but do, do I think Dundee United are better than St. Johnson? I'm, no, I'm not too sure as if he goes there. Mm. But fair enough, there'll probably, there'll probably be a lot a lot more as well. But as I said, that'll be a, it'll be a big rebuilding, I think. Um, and he's think if Callum stays and he, and he rebuilds, he's got time on his hands this time. He's kept well, well done, by the way. Well, well done as well for for getting through the the playoffs. There's pressure in them games. There have been huge pressure on St. Johnson and, and Callum as a manager, and you've done it. You know, you've survived, and, and I agree with Mark. Yeah. I think going through that experience and the lows, uh, taking it from such a high to such a low, and then hopefully next season, um, Callum Davison will, will have the opportunity to put this season right, and hopefully you'll have a good season. And that that final Ryan was a, a roller coaster, wasn't it? When you think about two up and cruising in Inverness, uh, suddenly they came back. So the momentum oh. in the tie is with them. Uh, the momentum was still with them halfway through last night. I think Billy Dodds was pretty convinced halfway through that his team was going to come out on top because they they were the better team in the first half. And then all changed second half. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I, don't, I always think about how the players were feeling because. Uh, Certainly in the first half, I never say well because I was in the stands and I was really nervous and I was like, oh no, this isn't going good. Um, but yeah, definitely. And to be fair, Inverness they gave us a game, they gave mm. us as good as they got. But I think our qualities just showed in the end. Um, and I'm just thankfully good that we got through the tie. But on Friday, I was I was cursing and swearing at the telly when we were when we gave away a two 0 lead. That's for sure because games like you know you know yourselves when games like that you've got to put them to bed we could have had mm. four or five up there really yeah. and it just shows you in any, any football match that if you don't take your chances even if you're 2-0 up it can come back to bite you and it nearly did for us so we'll, we'll credit to us and, and we'll, I'll take it and we go on to the next season and a great atmosphere Ryan last night absolutely uh, I wish they would just turn up all the time it would be brilliant yeah. I heard them, uh, Chris Boyd said last night that when more fans turn up that it could easily sign you two three players Clubs like St Johnson, mm-hmm. and it's true, it's right, and and you know what, it makes it makes McDermott or probably any stadium a whole lot better, a whole lot better to to be there yeah. and, and to so, to take in the atmosphere. It was it was like a European night last night. That's what it felt like, and, and it was absolutely brilliant at full time. I, I loved it. A wee celebration. Absolutely, I had a wee drink last night. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the, that could be the understatement of the show, probably. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Ryan, good to have you on and uh, all the best for next season. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers, Thank Ryan. you. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! So Rangers got the job done Saturday at Hamden. Uh, what they couldn't contemplate was finishing the season trophyless, uh, especially on the back of the the agony of Seville uh, losing out um, one penalty missed in ten. It was Aaron Ramsey, and uh, Rangers lost the Europa League to Eintracht Frankfurt. All the riches going the way of the German team. Uh, Rangers had some recovery job to mount, but they did. They had very little time to prepare. Um, 
Well, they beat Hearts in extra time by two goals to nil. Uh, we waited about 90-odd minutes for a goal, then we got two in about three minutes from uh, Ryan Jackin off the underside of the bar, then Scott Wright scored as well. But what about the performance of Calvin Bassey? I'm a big fan of, of, uh, of Calvin. Uh, remember his first action here in this stadium when I watched the, the loss against Hips in the semi-final. And uh, I, I saw something in him, uh, which is uh, rarely you see in, 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 in talents his age. You know, very mature, very strong, very powerful. And, uh, you know, it was really a pleasure for me to, uh, to work with him and still work with him uh, in the future to make him stronger. I think the development he has this season is, uh, is tremendous. And that's why he played so many good games in Europe. Also today, he was uh, very impressive. So uh, he's an important part of the team at the moment. 22 out of the Leicester Academy making massive strides, <laughs> literally when you see him ploughing down the left side of the pitch. Um, but development as a player, uh, absolutely sensational at the moment. He has got to be a, a massive asset for Rangers. We, we spoke about him last week on the show, Mark, and we were trying to pin a price uh, on him, what, what sort of value he would have at the moment, uh, Calvin Bassey. And, um, I think we were working around the sort of 15 million mark and we got a bit of reaction, a bit of stick from, from people I, I saw um, on the back of that saying, oh, you 15 million. Well, I think it's going up at the moment game by game, isn't it? Well, but the way I would look at it is, Rob, if Rangers had to put Calvin Bassey on the market just now and say you can get him for 15 million, I think you'd have at least 10 in English Premier League clubs would take him at 15 million. Mm -hmm. If you had to put him on the market at 20 million, I don't know where you would get you You'd probably one or two say aye. So I think he's a 15 million player all day. I think it's a no-brainer. And over and above that, then obviously you would get into all the intricacies of it and what you actually need. But he's getting better and better. And, and, and you know, I liked Giovanni's interview there. They said, I saw something from him in day one and I've worked with him. Coaches have worked with him conscientiously to make him a better player. Look at his engine as well. 118, 119 minutes in the clock on Saturday, still getting up and down there and whipping balls into the box. Mm. Um, he should have had two assists um, yeah. on Saturday, but they missed two sitters, Diallo and uh, Arrivo uh, headers. Uh, so, look, I'd like to see him stay at Rangers because I think he's got that other development. Get another 50, 15 games under your belt. Get another um, 25, 30 games playing in front of 50,000 um, supporters and then go but if if silly money comes in and for me silly money's 15 million pounds and over then clearly Rangers would have to look at that very seriously because that's part of the business model you're getting them for nothing or, de or a development fee a couple mm. hundred grand for yeah. Leicester and all of a sudden you're, you've turned them into a 12, 15, 18, 20 million pound asset whatever the price turns out to be but I think if you say I'm stay one more year um, you've got a lot to get here big challenge from Celtic got to go and try and get the title back from you have European football in some shape or form whether it's Champions League or Europa League or whatever um, but money talks Robin there's no doubt he will be on the list of of, of, of uh, a few clubs down the road How highly do you rate him John? Very highly uh, I think he's got a bit of everything uh, he, he thrives on being in the one-on-one -on -one situation defensively you know he backs himself he's mm -hmm. almost saying to the winger or the opposing right back or right wing back, come on then try and beat me. If you knock it past me, you're not quicker than me. You know, if you think you can get into a battle with me, I feel I back my strength. He's that type of player, you know, he, he backs himself, um, gets forward. Uh, we've seen him, get, you know, getting cr crucial balls into the box this season for Rangers. He's got great engine. Um, but I'm with Mark. I, I, I think Rangers would like to keep him for... Yeah. for 
you know, if for the you know for the Champions League qualifiers and then maybe dropping into the Europa League, uh, if they don't get that, um, the challenge is there again at the minute for Rangers. They've got a bit of money on the back of uh, the Europa League mm. into the final, so I don't think they're in desperation in terms of trying to get twenty million pound for your for your for your latest sort of star at left back. They had to sell Patterson maybe because they needed some finances possibly. What did they get for Patterson? 16, 16, I think it was. Million. 16 plus add-ons, I think it was. Yeah, so you know that was good business, I, I think, for Patterson, who only had a, a year or so in, in mm, the... A handful of in, games. In, in and yeah. around the first team, if you mm. like. Um, but no, I'm a big fan. And um, you know, I'm sure Giovanni Van Bronckhurst would want him to be at the football club next season while he is there, improve, and then his value will go up even more. Yeah, I mean, we're talking hypothetically. Um, we're, we're just wondering what the price might be where Rangers would feel that it was an offer they, they couldn't refuse. Obviously, they, they would like another season or a couple of seasons out of him and then look to maybe cash in. Because, But you, you just wonder what sort of level he could be at by then because his progress this season has been almost stratospheric, Mark, yeah. where he's come from, where he's got to. Yeah, I mean, as John said, his, his physical strength, I mean, you know, you don't get past him easy. Yeah. And as I said, I think a few people have... I've said it. There's similarities to to Van Dyke in terms of his physical stature and how you know even if it's over a six or seven yards, you know you're, you're very rarely are you going to beat him. Um, so yeah, he's he's got that. I mean, what what I would say if if I'm Rangers, I um, well, there's two things. He wouldn't. Be, he's now without doubt the biggest asset at the club in yeah. terms of value. Mm. He is the biggest asset. I'd say by a distance. Mm-hmm. Um, so it might depend on what, what your pressure would be. If, if if one or two want to go, then you pro- you wouldn't want Bassi to be one of them. So if you can pull in some money to help with uh, Giovanni's funds to, to you know to reinvigorate the squad and, and, and you know freshen it up, then there might be one or two others that you would want to sell before you're looking at selling Bassi. The second thing would be is to to remove pretty much any doubt, although that you still can't stop uh, other clubs from 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 bidding for him because you're not in control of that but get him in this week get his agent in get him in sit them down say there's a year extension there's an extra few quid we're, we're putting you right into a, another bracket in mm-hmm. terms of wages boom the boy's happy you've been proactive not reactive and all of a sudden you've got a happy player going away and again let him see me Alan McGregor on. that's a headache gone I don't really worry about that Bassie's happy he's content now somebody might come in with crazy money and you sell him anyway but you're doing what you can to, to alleviate any potential problem there with Bassi. He played left-back on Saturday. He came into the team as a left-back. He's been developed into a, a, a centre-back. He's so powerful, as you said, John, so quick. Yeah. Um, how would you have fancied a, a wrestling match in your heyday with uh, with Calvin Bassi? Well, you could be physical back then. You can't now, can you? Mm. You can't be over-physical, if but you that, like. That would be a fair old tussle, wouldn't I, it, you I, and him? I, th- I think he'd be well up for it. Mm. I think he's strong, he's physical, he likes that, that personal battle. Mm-hmm. Um... Callum McGregor just nicked in front of him, didn't he? At the when Rogic pulled that goal back at um, at Ibrox in in the two one mm-hmm. win, um, but it was one of those. I thought almost if Bassi tries to, I think he was thinking about maybe he'd foul him or give a penalty. Where he almost went, you know, when McGregor burst through, but he'll get better in terms of his positional sense. Um, the more games he plays, he, you know, he'll certainly improve. But it's great for Rangers to take a player from Leicester reserves, if you like, mm-hmm. 
and turn him into the fine player that he's turned, and a fine young man as well. Um, so he can only get better. You know, Rangers are at that stage where they'll be playing European football either way next season at, at some level. Yeah. Um, he's playing for a massive club, you know, uh, in, 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 in a team that have to win things. You know, uh, like Celtic, when he played for Celtic, you have to win things, yeah. you know, and he's becoming a winner. Um, he's he's picking up great experience, getting to the Europa League final. So where else would he want to be mm. at this moment in time at 22? So keep him for another year uh, and then uh, even two years. And let him, like Kieran Tini, yeah. if you like, he didn't go as soon as he became a great player. He stayed, he got more Champions League games under his belt. And then he got a massive move. Absolutely, yeah. 25 million yeah. to Arsenal. Yeah. So who's to say that Bassi can't do the same thing? Yeah, fair old point. Um, he's one that Rangers don't want to be moving, of course, anytime soon, Calvin Bassi, but there will be changes clearly in the summer. Well, I think there will be changes this summer. I'm not sure yet. You know, uh, the players who are out of contract, they uh, sign new contracts. I think it's uh, for players who end their contracts, the, they have the chance to move and maybe go and, and look for another challenge. I think they also want stability and uh, also for the future. So, you know, hopefully in the next weeks we know if we can extend some contracts or we have to look for uh, for uh, other players. I think we're licking our lips, aren't we, at what this summer could hold in the transfer market. It's going to be fascinating uh, to see. I mean, Celtic are obviously doing a lot of business at the moment with the likes of Carter Vickers and Jota. Rangers will freshen, no doubt about it. Um, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, there'll be a lot of uh, coming and going. So, you know, already, um, you know, Beaton and Rodgers are, are leaving uh, Celtic. No doubt there'll be two or three more that are surplus to requirements that the manager won't be overly bothered uh, about losing. Likewise, at Rangers, Giovanni Van Bronx, they are sound perfectly relaxed about whether players extend or don't and move on. And you'll find a way of, of replacing them. So, yeah, I, I would imagine how I think it's going to work out over the next 10, 12 weeks, Rob, is there'll be, there'll be more ins and outs at Rangers. I think Celtic look as though I've got that wee bit more stability mm -hmm. about them in terms of the, the squad. Bearing in mind they had 12, 14 changes um, last summer and into January. So I would imagine that Rangers uh, will probably have to be a wee bit more active um, in the market. Mark, thank you. John, thanks as well. Uh, back uh, tomorrow. Two former Scotland captains uh, with, in fact, one current Scotland captain. I better not have Rachel Corsi retired quite yet. Uh, she is in the studio uh, tomorrow with Barry Ferguson and Paul live from five. There's a new name for Toyota in Glasgow. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota is now open in Darnley. We're bringing you everything Toyota, backed by first-class service. So come and meet the team and view the stunning new Toyota range. All available with up to 10-year warranty. Including the all-new iGo Cross and new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas too. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained tech and specialist advice from our Motability team. Visit Macklin Motors Toyota now at Kennishead Road, Darnley. The new name for Toyota in Glasgow.